Yo, yo, yo. What is up, everybody? And welcome to the inaugural episode of Behind the Sticks XFL with your hosts, Ian Spaghetti Sicchetti and me, Joshua Housetown Housel. Yo, what's good, everybody? Welcome to the first episode. Got first episode nerves. Got first week of the XFL nerves. It was a hype week. All three games were pretty close. And then there was one preseason game. So uh, good job, Roughnecks. They were a little too rough on the necks of the Guardians, in my opinion. I couldn't concur more, Doctor. We did see some hot first week action this week. We're going to start our show off by uh, telling you what teams that we are currently rooting for with our full bias. And uh, we're going to tell you why, too. So I'll go first. My uh, my favorite team, lifelong diehard fan here, guys, is the Seattle Sea Dragons previously known as the seattle dragons but now we're back we're 100 percent cooler because we're the sea dragons gotta love them ian who you rooting for um so uh housetown i am unfortunately a brahma's fan san antonio um didn't do too good this week but literally just picked a team at random went hey heinz ward he played in pennsylvania he can coach a team for me and um that's about it. I like it. I but, like it a lot. But you don't need all that fan drama. Take that to your Brahma mama. The Brahmas. You go, can't see us, boys. but we're, we're doing the horns right the horns. now. I feel like that's our celebration. Once we win, I'll know. <laughs> all right. Well, now that we've gotten that out of the way, our first seg- what's, what's our first segment, Ian? Um, I think first segment is we should talk about all the great plays we saw. Like, the XFL has a cool blend, I think, of the rules, mixing a little bit of the college with football. I love the one-foot inbound catch. I think that led to a lot more highlight plays because, to be honest, the quarterbacks were pretty bad. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, they're, they're quarterbacks, and they're definitely better than me or you going out there. But they were no, uh, there was no Tom Brady's. There was no Patrick Mahomes out there this first week, I feel like. It could just be the jitters. I'm not saying there's not potential, but, you know different different league i feel like i mean that that's clear but aside from that there were some great plays um big comebacks i don't know if you realize this housetown every team that scored first lost yeah this week yeah oh shit i didn't realize that yep every team that started off big there were two big comebacks um because i don't know if you would consider scoreboard wise not comebacks because the dragons weren't really dominating the defenders at halftime score wise, but it felt like that game was clearly your sea dragons had it the whole time. I felt like there was no, at least in the first half of every game and correct me if I'm wrong here. There was a, there was an overwhelming amount of four games that I had to like, you know, keep track of, but for the first half of all the games, it was like six, three, six, six, like it was very low scoring. And then I think like three out of the four games hit the over. So like, for it to go from like nothing in the first half to all your points based in the second half was pretty dope. Yeah, I mean the offense is really. I don't. I want to say the offenses came alive because I remember I think each team had like a nice touchdown drive towards the end. But there were a lot of pick sixes in these games. There was more than I realized until I saw a stat sheet afterwards. Like I think uh, Perez of the Vipers had two pick sixes going for the Jameis Winston Award. <laughs> Five total touchdowns that game. Um. I think Danucci threw a pick six with uh, with Lemongate. I think Lemongate led to a pick six. I agree. I, uh, Danucci surprised me with his two interceptions. I must say, as a Sea Dragons fan, really rooting hard for my boy Danucci. He has the coolest name, I would say, next to Tamau. You know, and that, that means a lot in this league. Coolest but, name, big victories. But my God, Didn't I'm lose, just maybe. I'm just looking at these attempts. 54 passing attempts for Danucky. Yeah, that's, that's most in the league this week. That's almost 20 above second place. Yeah, I didn't realize they threw the ball that much. My, and you have to factor in, I'm pretty sure they took Danucci out for Montez for a drive or two. Well, Montez had three or two pass attempts. Yeah, so because they took him so out. So maybe it was a drive. Yeah, but I did I, see that he got benched for one, you know. I remember. I was thinking the coach was really dumb. So, I, I don't know if you realize this. But <laughs> How dare you insult my coach? I don't even whose know, name I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't even, at least I know my coach. <laughs> but it's because they didn't have a preseason, so he was trying to see who they have. So, that, he was that's just fair, yeah. cycling in. So, 
Danucci's doing great. I think they're three for three on third down at this point or something. Like they started off really hot. Yeah. Scored on both their opening drives. And then he just takes Danucci out, puts in Montez <laughs> and goes three and out, then throws Danucci back in. And then I think another three and out. And it really took their chance to take over the game. I think it took it away. Yeah. You think it swung momentum that hard? No, what what swung the momentum was the beer snake being stolen from the fans. <laughs> that is true. When the lemons hit the field, shit got real. That that's when the game changed. Literally, Danucci had flashbacks to being in Philly with those crowds. <laughs> he thought he was Santa, and those were snowballs, and he was scared for his life. <laughs> that's great. I just I can't believe they stole the the beer snake. <laughs> what possessed them? I don't know. Did you see a picture of it? It was huge. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's always huge. It's it so was... funny that the announcers were like, oh, yeah, and this long-held tradition here of uh, the beer snake. And apparently what is going on now is that the security took the beer snake. And I was, like, cracking up because I was thinking to myself, long-held tradition. Yes. The three years ago when the XFL was around for a whopping, like, eight games, this tradition was instilled in these fans. I was wondering about that, too. I was like, they have to use the stadium for something else, right? That's not purely an XFL stadium. <laughs> no, I think all the stadiums are, like, either college stadiums or just, like, more well-known stadiums that aren't NFL stadiums. Because the one team that was playing, whose name eludes me, was playing in the Alamo Dome, if I'm not mistaken. The Brahmas. Ah, oh, yes, the Brahmas. Big names. Big names. And the Alamo Dome's... Some college football teams prize possession. I, I, would it, be, I, it sounds like I don't know college at all. It sounds like a long I also don't thing. know college at that all. That sounds like a we're huge. We should, we should say this now to get this disclaimer out of the way so you guys don't think we don't know what we're talking about. It's clearly, clearly we are experts, but we are big fans of the NFL, which is why we got into the XFL this season. And I was, I was a big fan of the XFL right when COVID hit, which is why I love the, the, the Sea Dragons. But anyway, and uh, I'm a diehard Eagles fan, and I'm still not over birds, that. baby. So this is my, uh, you know, if you get broken up with, you just go go right into another fling quick. Just forget about those feelings. That's where I'm at for the XFL. My love is a rebound, but, it's <laughs> but okay. sometimes maybe, those rebounds maybe lead that to reba- maybe that rebounds my wife. Yeah, exactly. We don't know. <laughs> All right, so. Um, the first segment that we did get sidetracked on is uh, big plays. We saw some big plays in this week one. I, my personal favorite, since we were talking about those other plays for so long, was uh, the when the uh, what we call it, the Battle Hawks came back, looked like they were down for the count, and AJ McCarron said, "Nah, dude, a team on my back." He there was like two minutes left in this game, and they were down by two scores. A.J. McCarron comes back, they get the touchdown, they get the three-point conversion, which we did not see a lot of three-point conversions converted successfully, let alone the fourth and 15 to get the onside kick back, which I love that rule that is instead of doing an onside kick and looking like buffoons, you actually have a chance to get the ball back. So, you know, they convert on this fourth and 15, march right down the field, and he just leads them back to this, this crazy comeback. That's some fast-paced action. Well, it, it was great. It really proves that uh, A.J. McCarron's got game. And correct me if I'm wrong here, Housetown, wasn't wasn't he the guy in college? I think he went to Alabama with the smoking hot girlfriend where the announcer like got bricked up looking at her. Can you confirm or deny this for me? Because I, I cannot. I, I don't know this. Can, can we search this? We, right we almost now? need to pause. I'm I'm almost certain that AJ McCarron's girlfriend from Ohio State. I think he went to Ohio State or Alabama or one of them. There's a clip where the announcer is just like, "Now that that is a beautiful woman. My God, she is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> like it's fantastic." Uh, we we are gonna look into this and get back to you fans out there and let you know because that is that's a big deal so but that yeah that was that was my favorite play of the week i felt like the games were very solid i think if anyone had any doubt they're like oh man you know like this isn't real football i i think if you watched those games and at least tried to care a little bit then you were not disappointed were they a little slow to start sure but like it wasn't like watching two of the worst teams in the nfl play each other on monday night football (laughs) so uh Back to the what we were just talking about. Ian did confirm that, uh, yeah, that was that was the video. 
college announcer gets choked up while having to look at pictures of AJ McCarron's girl. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure it is during the uh, national championship game, Alabama against Notre Dame. Oh, damn. Yeah, because I'm go- I'm looking at I'm just Googling here, and it says ESP apologizes for going too far with comments about Alabama. And then that's where, that's where it leads off, but it's a picture of her. And it says, it's now his wife. Um, I didn't get her name. I don't want to do it. I think it's Catherine McCarron, gorgeous woman. AJ's clearly got game. He's proven it in both ways of the sense of life. He's already a winner. Um <laughs> Clearly, that announcer thinks he's a winner. Like, if you do, if you get one thing out of this podcast, please go look at that clip. It's one of the funniest things ever. And if you saw it live, you were just like, "This guy's insane." So to bring this back full circle, I actually one of the things that I noticed during the St. Louis game was they had done like you know they do these hit pieces on these uh, guys, these stars out there in the XFL to get some nice filler time. And they were showing AJ McCarron um, talking to, at first I thought these were like random fans. So this was actually really creepy. <laughs> I didn't hear like the very beginning. But so they panned to AJ McCarron talking to people on the sideline right before the game. And he's like, he's like, lean over here, give me a kiss. And there was like three young boys and this girl. And I was like, whoa, that's kind of weird, man. And then they were like, oh yeah, he, he's doing the XFL for his kids. Like his kids would always show him videos of him playing when he was younger and, you know, he couldn't really show them that now because he's been out of the XFL. I mean, out of the NFL for I don't know how long. But um, so I thought that was really cute. Like, you know, he went over, he saw his kids and he I don't think AJ McCarron cares about winning or losing. I know he would love to win, showed it at the end of that game. But I think just him being out there for his kids is like so fucking awesome. Might have to bleep that F-bomb. Ladies and gentlemen, this is family friendly. <laughs> um, I'm surprised that you cursed before I did. So that, that makes me feel great about it because I'm just over here vibing. But, I mean, that's pretty cool. I, I feel like a lot of these guys are doing it to try to get their chance back in the NFL. Well, of like, course. And that's what it you know it should be. And we were talking off off camera here about uh, I mean, oh my God. this being a, like a G League for the NFL. Speaking so of back to the NFL, I'm, I got to roast them here. I, As an Eagles fan, we watched the Niners game. Josh Johnson came in, had no idea what he was doing, and got clobbered. Unfortunate event, not saying it was a way, like whatever, who cares, we lost the Super Bowl Niners fans. It's okay, we lost. But they had the audacity to put, like, XFL stars in the NFL. They put my man Josh Johnson has played an NFC championship game. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, this guy did anything. He they has were, been they were in like the NFL. PJ Walker. He tossed a couple touchdowns. Oh, like, God, I love PJ. Speaking of OG, all my OG XFL fans will know how much we love PJ Walker around here, around these parts in the XFL. But like, so he struck a chord there. Yeah, but like, I liked PJ. He was throwing to DJ Moore, who was on my fantasy team. But only the weeks that he wasn't on my starting lineup was he throwing to him. But that's a whole other can of worms. <laughs> but he played good. But just to put Josh, Josh Johnson's there, been around the NFL forever. Though. He's played for like thirteen teams. Yeah. He's trying to get. People love this. He's guy. collecting all the pieces of Exodia. He's gonna be in the USFL. <laughs> he's gonna be like, give me that team, <laughs> trade me twice during the season. Okay, so last segment of big plays here. This is not as so much of a big play as it is people with high stats for the league. So I don't know about you guys out there in behind the sticks fantasy uh, fan land, but uh, we are in a fantasy football league for the XFL. The website, baby, yeah, one and zero. We are actually both the only people one know in this league because it is only a four man league. Do we have friends? Yes, just not a lot of them. But anyway. <laughs> Uh, the league website we have to use is god-awful. Um, so if any of you guys out there play XFL Fantasy and you care, here are these stats for you. Uh, rushing leaders. We saw a decent amount of rushing in week one. However, I, one, I one argue, man did it a I lot I argue more. with that. We saw, like, no rushing. There were 54 passing attempts from Ben DiNucci. My God. <laughs> Didn't see any running except for Kalen Balage <laughs> or Kalen Balage. We have no idea. It's no idea. I, everyone in the name. XFL is saying Balage. Balage or, or, or Balage. Balage. Dude, okay. I have no idea. See, didn't I just offer that? Anyway, yeah, I anyway. think so too. I'm sorry, we don't know this guy's name. <laughs> He's not like your your boy Brian Hill over here. He's got basic name. <laughs> yeah, you know? I know. Thank God, Brian Hill's in second place. <laughs> Brian Hill is in second place, but uh, what really stands out is uh, Kalen Balage. Balage. <laughs> 24 rush attempts, 84 yards. Everybody else on this list 
has less than 10 with the exception of three people and for the uh, yeah, rushing there's, attempts there's like, four oh, good pe- lord there's four people in double digits uh there's two 11s a 10 and then kalen ballage at 24 so like there's a reason he got 84 yards you wonder if that usage can keep up or if they're just going to keep hammering him because if we go to receiving that he got receptions too i'm pretty sure so he caught the ball and ran the ball. And he is bunch. star. He's star running back for the. He's on the Brahmas. He plays for my Brahmas. He was, he was helping us control the, the time of possession. He had a couple big runs, but really, really a lot of bad runs. Fantastic. Fantastic. Love to see it. So um, if he's for some reason in your fantasy league and he is unclaimed, because if you're uh, fantasy football fucking, whoops, got to out. <laughs> if your fantasy football website sucks as much as ours does, then uh, maybe he is out there in free agency land. You need to claim that man. Next up on the rushing leaders is Brian Hill, our favorite. We just talked about this guy. Standout rushing attempts, six rushing yards, 55 which is a good bit more than most people in the XFL. Yeah, so he had six attempts on 55 rushing yards, but really he just he also led the the league this week with the longest rush for 40 yards. Oh. So it was good blocking. He so found most the ball in the of crease. These, so yeah, but most, I did see this. Mo- this is yeah. a great highlight. So besides that he averaged 3 yards a carry. So cuz for the for most of that game the Brahmas do have a pretty good defensive front. It looked like they had control of the game. They just choked it at the end there because whoever calls defense for that team is a moron we didn't do the top three quarterbacks but we're going to start right now by doing the top three rushing leaders so uh to finish out this yeah, list running backs, us, we are old school we're old heads we are so this pound the rock run the ball don't be an idiot get them yards <laughs> shake them bears so number three on this list is max borgie he had uh, eight rushing attempts, 42 yards, and a tutty. Big no- big news there because there was only about six rushing touchdowns uh, out of all the touchdowns the in the league. Five. five. I can't count well, guys. I can't yeah, count well. There were not, five. Not a lot of rushing touchdowns. But, I mean, if going back to my old – topic if i'm gonna roast brian hill for getting most of his yards on a 40 yard run i gotta roast uh borgie for getting most of his on the 27 yard touchdown run i mean it was a good run he you know who he reminded me of rex burkhead he was just running in and being white <laughs> you don't see a lot of those a lot, a lot of good white running backs if he was good I'd tight end is where the white guys live <laughs> <laughs> that's where we thrive baby not us, though. I'm sure. Okay, so we're going to do top three receiving leaders, but we're definitely going to have to talk about number four because he is fan favorite and he is not in the top three, but he's close enough at top four. So anyway, our boy, Jacor Pearson for the Seattle Sea Dragons. 14 receiving targets, 95 yards, caught 12 of those 14. No tutties, but, you know, 95 is big. 12 receptions. That is a lot. Yeah, you could really tell that he was a go-to player for uh, Danucci to throw to in that game. It seemed like a lot of the plan stuff was to him. He was a lot of the first read guy. And then, um, so it seemed like the plays were really called to him. But when stuff broke down, it seemed like Danucci went to someone else on this list. So, yes, which brings me to my point. We'll, we'll already talk about number four because we can't, we can't stay away from this guy. Josh Gordon. Josh All-star. All-star in the NFL, man. Out. I... I feel like once Danucci realizes that Josh Gordon's six five and everyone else that he's thrown to isn't six five, <laughs> because he his picks, my God, he was just thrown into contested coverage and he was like, This guy who's as tall as everyone else will get it. Well, you have a behemoth of a man on the other side. Like I because it, correct me if I'm wrong, but when they started marching down the field towards the end, he got a couple big passes to Josh Gordon. And that's really because they can't cover him. Yeah. He's an, NF, he's an NFL so. player who just had issues. So now he's in the XFL. The talent should still be there. We love Josh Gordon and all of his issues. Josh Gordon, if you are out there, please be our first guest. Please. That would be amazing. <laughs> so hype. All right. So number two on this list is Deontay Burnett for uh, Houston Roughnecks. Deontay Burnett. I feel had like that. we should start saying the full name of the team that way, you know. 
yeah, I mean, we can definitely do that. Yo, Deontay Burnett had an insane grab. Did you see that? Um, no, his, I don't think I did. Was it for the touchdown? Yeah, his touchdown was awesome. If you want to pull up the highlights and just try to find it, he he was covered. The ball was thrown beautifully. I'm pretty sure it was on a free play. On um, defense was offsides. So who's the quarterback for the Roughnecks? I don't want to get it wrong. I want to say it's Silver. Let's, let's check, guys. Let's check. Um, Houston, uh, I was going to say Borgie. That's the running back. Houston. You know, I'm looking at this list of uh, XFL stats, the official list here from XFLnewshub.com. I don't see Houston running a Houston quarterback listed here. <laughs> Out of all the teams, I don't see a Houston quarterback <laughs> listed here. Oh, man. I'm pretty sure it's silver. But he throws. Oh, dude, you got to be right. I, that's one of the games I paid the most attention to. I'm, I'm, I'm going with Silver. Yeah. They might not give him love here. We will give him his love. Yeah, but he was offsides. There was someone offsides, and he threw the bomb because it was just a free play, which was a good oh. And that's Maybe when Burnett. Just, I do remember these Burnett plays. Burnett I don't remember and, names. And snagged it like off his helmet, kind of, and fell in. And the guy was draped on, and he was like, mm mm, <laughs> mm and then just went right into the end zone. Yeah, sick. Uh, so he's rounding out number two spot here. Number three would be Andrew Jamil for the Orlando Guardians. I don't know why I wanted to say Brahma's there. I know better. But he had four receptions. Yeah, four oh, excuse me. Four targets, three receptions, 80 yards, and another tutty. I think all his receptions were at the end. So you could either say that was during like clutch time while they were trying to make their comeback. Or you could say it was garbage time because I'm pretty sure Houston was rough in the. I already made that joke. I can't do it again. <laughs> they were they were pummeling them. It was a beatdown. <laughs> That's it fair. was easily the most ones. It was the only one sided and easily the most one sided game of the week. Yeah. I also think it's after they benched um, Lynch and put in their other quarterback. Oh yes, that, Jameel, that was hot news. That Jamil got all the uh, the yards. I think that's when he got them. Paxton Lynch, I saw this like TikTok or something that said like Paxton Lynch is the first quarterback to be benched in like every single football league ever. <laughs> yo. He came out firing though. Like I was like, yo, dude, this guy looks great. They dude, come down, they score right where away. Where are his stats? Where are his stats? Where are they? See, this isn't a full list. I don't see it. I am so sad. I thought that this was a list. How could there be more than nine quarterbacks in the XFL? Like, come on, man. I mean, there are, <laughs> there are only eight teams. So kidding, that, guys. Kidding. That makes sense. All right. But well, like, while we do a better job of finding better Because Paxton Lynch had that one touchdown, right? That was the interception. Remember the one that they that they that the guy said, oh, we didn't have the right angle. And then, like, literally, like, a half a minute, a minute later, they showed a reception with the defense. Wait, how did they find the any different angle later on? This thing, the thing I love about the can, XFL. If you can oops. look it up. There's another, there's an angle where you can clearly see the defenders oh, got the ball. Like it, it was definitely a pick. That's another one we got to censor. Here. We'll see. <laughs> well, we can say the S word, bro. What words can we say and what words can we? I don't know. We might not even censor it. Fuck it. Anyway. Damn. <laughs> Maybe we have to censor that one. That was exceptionally brutal. <laughs> um, Baxton Lynch, though. Um, he did. He came out firing. I really like that touchdown that you just said was clearly an interception. But this brings me back to the point I was trying to make I mean, before he, I got sidetracked. Yeah, the pitch, but to throw it. The XFL has all of these, like, you can hear them talking about plays they're going to overturn and stuff. I love that. You can see Dean Blandino in real time tell you how he feels about these plays. Can I just and he's say, got all the angles right there. How'd they, how they find one later? Can I just say how happy Dean Blandino's name is? Me. All right, Paxton Same. Lynch threw for 136 yards. Not he, rookie numbers. He had the one touchdown, and I'm pretty sure he only had the one pick, but he should have had no touchdowns and two picks. <laughs> so if you factor Got that him. in, both quarterbacks for Orlando threw for two interceptions. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now that we got sidetracked here on our boy Andrew Jamil, who is definitely pretty solid. So like the top five guys in this have 70 yards or more, and then everybody else has less than 50, or excuse me, less than 68. That's, yeah, but like I said, Latimer's pass like shouldn't count, and he should lose that touchdown, so he would fall way down that list. Yeah, but, you know, we yeah, can't but, talk about but what if. But if for candies God. and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. Here's your Borgie, by the way. Four, yeah. He had four receptions on four targets for 32 yards. Like That is pretty solid. 
this man won me my XFL fantasy game. Who won me my game was clearly Josh Gordon. Kalen Ballage had a good game. And I think I had Jermaine Martin, who ran for like 40 yards, which I was upset at. And then I realized he was one of the highest rushers of the week. So it was. Yeah, right. Got to temper those expectations. I was upset. My team put up 57 points, but then I was the league leading scorer. So. <laughs> You the just league leading score with how many points you say? 57. 57. I think I had, I just broke 50. Nope. I think no, I had 46. I was the only person to break 50. Yeah, it was a rough I week, dominated. Guys. I would love to hear other people's stories on how their XFL fantasy league's going. If there is another four people or more that are crazy in this world like us. I mean, and just like, because like, obviously going to the draft, even if you sat there and researched this forever, I don't think anybody had the patience to do that. So like, you're relying on what it says on the thing like what they think these guys are gonna have and honestly even those people don't know yeah the app didn't really have the best um like breakdown projections because like who's projecting all that stuff and like another thing you can't know is look at the look at the vipers receiving core martavius bryant ex-nfl on my fantasy team geronimo allison ex-nfl on my fantasy team and then um Bidette. oh well guess who caught two touchdowns for like 80 some yards none of those three guys. but that did oh, the okay. guy who wasn't in the nfl <laughs> gotcha so like it it was really a crapshoot because i went for mostly nfl people and then like it worked with ballage and then it failed with those receivers i do think though after watching the games like i said it's not like watching two teams that are 0 and 16 and like it is in the nfl on primetime monday night football like these games were all really competitive and except for what we say the orlando game the Orlando game really wasn't, but I feel like that was just a quarterback difference. And really another thing to remember about this is this is still like a preseason. Everyone's still figuring themselves out and seeing what they got. So it's a lot of experimentation out there. And even still, like every game was still pretty close. Like there's there's no real like huge discrepancy in power. There's And you're not going to have that in the NFL where players kind of give up a little bit if they're not at, you know, in a contract year because – these guys are playing for a chance in the NFL. So even if you're 0-9 in week 10, if you're a quarterback and let's just say your defense has cost you every game, you're going to try to ball out that week. You're going to still give it everything you got. Maybe you'll pull the upset and steal a playoff berth from someone. Like, I feel like it's got that little niceness from everything. Like people like college sports more because they're like pure and they're not as money driven and everything. And then you have people on my side that think it's a little exploitative. They should be getting paid. So this is a nice like middle ground because sure, everybody wants to win, but it's not as commercialized. So they're still, they still have something to play for besides the money. And then they are still getting paid. So you don't look at this as like, oh, people are just taking advantage of these guys. They're get they're getting paychecks. They're doing what they love. And it's they're like their audition team. I think it's great for like all of that. Oh yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And it's just nice to have football in the spring, like at the very least. But it's nice that it's enjoyable too. So that, that's a good little extra there. So I mean, I think, I think that can wrap up the first section. I know receiving, there's way more people that are wide receivers and receivers in the XFL here. But I think top three was good to keep it all. Our, our boy Josh Gore was number four. I feel like we, we talked about him. Just in case you guys want the stats on that. Nine reception, uh, nine receiving targets, six receptions, 74 yards, and a tutty. We think that will go up. If Josh Gordon is not the number one receiver in this in this league, I would be shocked by, you know, the halfway through. Yeah, if, if that's – that just proves that Ben DiNucci is terrible, if that's the case, because he's clear – like, I don't know the sizes and, like, any of the combine sets of these other people, but Josh Gordon was like – they talked about his size in the NFL, how big he was. So he's going to have a sizable advantage in most of these matchups. Totally, for sure. So I think that can round out our like top threes for positions because kickers and defense, I only really want to talk about because they're very important in our fantasy league because like I think most of the points from our fantasy league this week came from kickers and defense. So um, Fun fact, I didn't have a kicker and I still won. That is true. That is true. But the person you were playing, like, half more than half his points came from the defense, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because he went against your boy Ben DiNucci, who was just throwing <laughs> picks. Man. I, I I need to look it up. I think there were five pick sixes this week. Yeah. And there were four games. True. 
There were a lot of interceptions. This the is Jameis like, Winston award is going to be uh it's going to be going to be a lot of competition. Like let's look cuz Ben DiNucci threw a pick six, Perez threw two pick sixes. I think Coins was just an interception. AJ McCarron. I think his was just two an touchdowns and no interceptions, just saying, guys. Just the way they got dominated, I wouldn't be surprised if this was a pick six for Dormandy. Yeah. I, there were definitely quite a few pick sixes. What about Tamayo? Benched in favor of Eric King later on in the game. Yeah, Tiamu didn't look too good. Apparently, from what I heard, he was How does DC win this game? I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry, people out there. I'm looking at the stats. Tamayu has uh, eight pass completions for 86 yards, no touchdowns, and an interception. The next guy, De'Eric King, has one pass completion on two attempts for seven yards. And the this is the team that beat my Seattle Sea Dragons. Yeah, a pick six will do that to you. And then let's look, because uh, De'Ara King will actually be on this list. Eight rushes, 14 yards, and a touchdown. Oh, okay, and then okay. Tiamu ran a touchdown in. So that's three touchdowns they had right there. Damn. Know your stats, people. Know your stats. If this was anything more than a nice little learning lesson here. so I. But I think that's, that wraps up segment one. Now, um Maybe the segments will change in future future episodes, but I feel like that was a, a nice, solid icebreaker there. You guys get to know us, get to know clearly how we know all of our stats here. Yeah, just a little <laughs> vibing time, you know, no, you know, free balling it here at practice. Free balling. So, uh, no boxers, hashtag not sponsored. <laughs> we are going to uh, pause for station identification real quick. I might edit this part out. Um, but yeah, we'll be right back for segment two. All right, everybody, welcome back. Up next are our power rankings. Our power rankings are brought to you by today's sponsor, Beverages. Hot, cold, or warm, everybody loves a good beverage. With sugar, alcohol, virgin, or caffeine, whenever you're thirsty, drink a beverage. Beverages, they're great for you. In conjunction with food, eat us or you'll die. What are you going to do? Starve? All right, so for the uh, for the power rankings right here, I figure, what do you what do you want to do, Housetown? Do you want to go in best to worst or worst to best? Ooh, I like worst to best. Uh, let's let's keep the listeners on the edge of their seats. All, All five right. of them. Actually, that's a little too much credit. All three of them. All three. Of them? <laughs> I mean, two of them are going to be us. So that <laughs> that is. Let's pad those stats, baby. Let's hope for one, baby. <laughs> All right, so worst of the league, I think we will both agree on this. And that is the Orlando Guardians. Whoops, got to turn phone on silent for next time. <laughs> <laughs> we will figure that out as we go. But, um, yeah, no real argument here for me on the Orlando Guardians. Like I said, there every game was pretty close this week except that one. And like I said earlier in the pod, every team scored first, lost. But realistically, the touchdown, as I said multiple times, was an interception. So if you really think about that, what was the what was the end score of that game? Thirty three to to twelve or something? Hold on, let me ask the uh, let me ask our production crew to pull up the stat uh, the <laughs> the results of that game real quick. Yeah, because it it shouldn't have even been that. You should have taken six off, and then they would have held them scoreless for like three and a half quarters or something, only letting them score in garbage time. Like, the Guardians couldn't figure anything out. They really don't have an answer at quarterback. And going forward, it looks like there's a there's ball-hungry defenses out there. I said a lot of pick sixes, a lot of interceptions. 33-12. to 12. Just yeah, got 30, word from the back room. 33-12. to 12. Yeah, exactly. So it should have been 33-6, to 6, and then they got the garbage time points. So it was like 30 to nothing, I think. Oh, it should have been 30 nothing at one point or something. So the Guardians were really the only team that was – beaten down and out of it and they got to be at the bottom yep the only thing i could say in their defense is that they had to go against one of the best teams in the league so you know how would they have known that five weeks that is true that's why a lot of these power rankings aren't based on anything but what we saw week one i'm telling you right now my top four are all teams that won and my bottom four are all teams that lost well, that's I feel like that's the way power, power rankings should be. That's how they should be. But maybe once we get to week four and I see a little more about a team, 
maybe someone who's two and two is looking better than someone who's three and one. You never know. That's true. It's because subject to change. The, but... the Vikings were the worst uh, 12 and five team I've ever seen or whatever they finished at last year. Yeah. And I mean, they lost to the Giants in the playoffs, but that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's story. embarrassing. It's another story for another pod. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, leading up the pack at number seven. Who you got on this, Ian? Let me for, let me get your best your best pick. For number seven, so it, it was tough to look through this because, like I said, a lot of these teams were up. I was really searching between who it should be, but I have to give it to my Brahmas, man. My San Antonio Brahmas. Oh no. To dominate a game the way they did. It's it, it's just that old football homage. Good teams find a way to win, and bad teams find a way to lose. And they found a way to lose that game. <laughs> they were controlling the entire pace of the game. They were up for the entire game. They went up 15-3 to three with three minutes left in the game and then just played the most scared prevent defense in the world, stopped doing what was working for them, and then just let A.J. McCarron and that offense do whatever they Light want. Light them up. I think him and Pro Proel let them up to end the game. And good teams find a way to win. Like, that that was it. For, for me, putting them down there is because of the other two teams that are coming up next. This team found a way to lose. It wasn't just a quarterback making a bad play here and there. The whole team found a way to lose. <laughs> Yes, uh, I I agree. I think we're going to agree here for this whole first week on uh, the power ranking situation. Uh, Brahmas, while they do have arguably the coolest name next to the Sea Dragons in the league, they didn't look too hot out there. I mean, what's... For the lowest scoring game of the week. What is good, though, is they did get five sacks on McCarron. Their defensive front played really good, and they have a good... They leaned on Kalen Badge. And then with uh, Jock Patrick, I think his name is, or Jacques, I'm not sure the pronunciations again. I don't know any of these running backs. <laughs> but I think if they lean on them a little bit and then just don't play so defensively, they're playing scared. Yep. Um, but who you, who you got above the Brahmas? Who you got at six? This is where it gets a little controversial, I think. Yeah. Well, we went with the Guardians, so... I think I'm gonna for my I'm gonna have to put my full bias out here and say the Vipers are right below the Sea Dragons. We got the Viper. I I, I know you you might disagree with me here. No, I agree with oh, you 100 wow. actually on this one. The two pick sixes were really brutal, and when you're my leading man for the Jameis Winston Award, I <laughs> I can't really have you above someone else because the Sea Dragons lost to the Lemons. They're not going to have to play that ever again. They're not going to have to deal with that. They were scarred. Ben DiNucci <laughs> was scared. I think Citrus got in his eyes. And th that won't happen to them again. So I'm going to give them a mulligan on that. Because right now in my um, best plays of the week, I have definitely the fans throwing lemons into the field because their beer snake was stolen. So to lose to Love that, it. I feel like that, that turned the game around. That's not going to turn around any more of the sea dragons games while the Vipers, I'm pretty sure were at home and lost. So I feel like that's the biggest difference is the the, the, the loss at home. Yeah. They were at chalk fall. Am I reading that right? Spaghetti chalk fall stadium in Arlington, Texas. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Although, are they the uh, the Arlington Vipers? Oh no! So that wasn't a win. Oh, so hmm. the Renegades, yeah. Oh, the Renegades were home that game. I'm pretty sure Arlington. They're the Arlington Renegades. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Every team that's home is the one that's. Sorry to our XFL uh, diehards here. We're, we're still we're still learning. All right. Yeah, so I was wrong. Okay, so it wasn't. You're all there game. with us. All right. Well. Hmm. Well, that really makes it a coin flip then for me. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah, so power rankings. Back to our power rankings. Back like we never left. Coming in hot at number seven is, I mean, number six is the Vipers. Because as uh, Spaghetti has alluded to, the pick sixes were big killers. They were big killers. I mean, when it, when your defense only gives up 22 points and 12 of them were thrown by your quarterback, that's really... Yeah, that's really distressing. And as you can see, they have plenty of talent at the wide receiver position. So they need to throw the ball. And if he's if he's dangerous like that, he's playing with a rattlesnake, not for the Vipers. 
<laughs> All right, something to keep our eye out there. And then leading the pack here of losers is the Sea Dragons. I like I said, I number got, five. I think the Sea Dragons could turn it around. I'm not sure who they're playing this week. I think they're playing the Battle Hawks. We'll we'll get into that game later. But like I said, I feel like the defense of the defenders, their name fit, and all the momentum swung with the fans. And they won't – I mean, unless every game they play, they get lemons thrown at them. <laughs> I think they they could find themselves – find their way to the top four of the power rankings as the season goes on because of Josh Gordon. No, absolutely. He's on my fantasy team. I need them tutties. And the fact that this guy, um, the name eludes me. To hold on my check real quick. Pearson, you know, leading the XFL here and receiving yards opposite of Gordon. Like, those are two big receivers. Like, especially, like I said, if this guy, Pearson, is scoring, uh, you know, 90, almost 100 yards, that's those are big numbers in the XFL. So, I think that we have – Seattle is definitely going to move their way up. I know I'm really biased, guys. Sorry. Call me out. <laughs> Cut me out on the Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> but, see, I think they got a lot going for them. So, uh, number four here, who, of all the winners, all right, yeah, we get to who the do you think is the fourth best of them? The D.C. Defenders. Like uh, I said, it's the home uh, field advantage. So, I feel like, you know, they only got that for half their games. So, I want to see what they're like the other half of the games. Because as I alluded to in that game against the Sea Dragons, when they took Ben DiNucci out, that killed a lot of momentum. If they don't do that, do they get pounced on early in games and fall behind? Because that really swung all the momentum when they got that pick six. And it Because I'm pretty sure they intercepted uh, DiNucci on the following drive. So it really um, hit them hard. So um, I see one of these headlines here is the shovel pass. To Josh Gordon. Yeah. That's pretty Patrick Mahomes-esque. I know I said there were no Patrick Mahomes in the league, but <laughs> Ben DiNucci making a solid case over here. I know you don't – you've already said about his two picks, so uh, – I mean, he definitely – he had a decent – Full like, disclosure, I thought he, we were still talking about Sea Dragons. That's how obsessed I am. I know we yeah, already I moved know. on we, to we the defenders. On to the defenders, <laughs> who, like I said, um, I don't think they're that good, mostly because, as you brought up earlier, they're quarterbacks. He's he, – you literally saw their quarterback numbers, and you were like, "How did they win? How did so, they like, win? They had the good Russian TDs. How are you going to keep winning with that going on? So, do you agree, defenders of four? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I can't put them any higher. Killed my seat. All right, who you got at three? Who do I got at three? The Battlehawks, the Necks, who are the Renegades. I think I'm going to have to go with. Um, I'm going to have to go with the Renegades. I also have Renegades on my list. Yeah, you. Damn, we are. We are. Yeah, you're spot. These. You're spot on. I made a list before the show of what I was doing. I don't know if Josh did either, but we absolutely. Are, we yeah. are absolutely, list for everything. I'm the most are, organized coach. We are absolutely uh, spot on on everything so far. Yeah, the Renegades, and this one's pretty simple. Yeah, I think so too, because their defense came up big. Yep. Two uh, two pick sixes. Two pick sixes. I mean, really, that's kind of what the difference was. So the same thing with DC. I'm going to have to take these with a grain of salt and look forward because a lot of these games were like preseason games. Not everybody's got their timing down yet. The quarterbacks still are feeling everything out with their wide receivers. That's so true. I think it's Guardians like, could come out next week and look like a whole different team. Exactly. This week, I feel like defense is a lot easier at plug and play a little bit because man coverage is man coverage. Cover this guy. Like, you know what zones you kind of cover. Sure, there's still the spots you could find in. I feel like once you get a little more advanced, it's harder. But for the quarterbacks to be on the timing routes and everything and know, okay, he'll jump up and get this, or, oh, he didn't do that or whatever. So I feel like all these pick sixes should die down. So the teams that won heavily because of them, grain of salt, but you still did get the wins. Very true, very true. And that's all that matters at the end of the day. I'm just – this is so off topic, but I'm looking at this list and I'm like, damn. Look at these eight great teams in the XFL. Like – yeah, like I'm just I'm, I'm looking at the whole list. They got they got good little pictures. I mean, the, the sea dragon is like, look at that sea dragon. He's just so sexy. But the rest of them, like, they look pretty good. I mean, if I had to go through like 
DC sex appeal is good. DC's is cool. Seattle's is cool because the dragon's a little ass. The Brahmas is pretty cool. I'm not sure what a Brahma is, but based off this, it looks like it's a type of steer. Yeah, someone uh, write in to the show and tell us what a Brahma is because we've looked it up. Um, and it's like something about a chicken, uh, like an American bread chicken or a Hindu god, and somehow they're related. So that that's as far as I got. Cool ass name though, and I like their little like what looks like a bull. Could be a chicken with horns, but either way, it's got me like, damn, this is cool. <laughs> but anyway, uh, now that we're now that we're back on track here. So uh, we're looking at number two overall. Who's got number two overall power rankings? I've got the battle. These are the power rankings I just keep giving. There's only eight teams in this league, and this segment has been about 20 minutes now. (laughs) It's because there's so much to talk about with each of these teams. There's so much. I've got so much bottled up after this exciting first week. And the Battle Hawks, you could say I'm biased, and you could also say it looks like who I have beating the last teams ranked the highest in some reverse order. But that is kind of how it does work here. Yeah, that is fair. But, like, every team, as I would say, except really the Roughnecks, is pretty much right there in the thick of things. Like, they're all really close. But I have to give the Battle Hawks to it because I saw the best quarterback play of any team in the clutch with A.J. McCarron. And A.J. McCarron was getting blown up. That offensive line was taking some hits in the game. And yeah. it's it's hard to find eight teams worth of good offensive linemen. I'm not saying that everyone in the XFL is bad. I'm just saying, like, it's hard enough to find them for the 32 teams in the NFL. Like, whew, yeah, talk so- about... A so, position. So he was getting crushed the whole game, still found a way to do it when it mattered the most. And that that's what matters. That's why he's one of my leading MVP candidates. Like I could see him having a, keeping this up, having a stellar year. He's played a little bit ball, you know, um, game manager, but at the end of the day, that's kind of what the NFL would want from him. If they want him in a backup position to get back in there is to be a game manager. Yeah. So if he keeps doing this, what he needs to proves he can win games when they're down in the clutch, not turn the ball over, do what the team needs and ass of him. I feel like that's a success story. And I see him as being the most likely to do it. He's not a gunslinger and that's not what he needs to be. So that brings us to number one on the list. It has to go to the roughnecks. They're the only team in the XFL that ran away with it. 33 to 12. Just looked good all around. Yeah, Max Borgie looked good. He was running. He was receiving. Pretty sure they got a couple interceptions in this game. Three, I think. It was just an all-around dogging. And it, it makes sense because those I'm pretty... six points. Oh, sorry. Go no, ahead. Okay, no, no, no. I was gonna say the six points were scored in the first quarter, and that was it until the fourth quarter for the Guardians. And that and was the garbage and time. that was the touchdown. Yeah, to Lattimore. But I was going to say, it makes sense because looking through everybody, the names kind of sounded familiar people. So don't come at us too hard because I didn't know everybody. I knew the players like Heinz Ward and Rod Woodson. We're only going to get better, guys. Only going to get better. Yeah, exactly. But like Wade Phillips, that's a name. That's a coach. That's true. Wade Phillips. I'm pretty sure I saw him play coach in playoff games in the NFL. Like I, you knew the team he was going to be coaching. Not the Cowboys. <laughs> had the advantage. Maybe the Cowboys. I don't actually know. No, I'm pretty sure he was on the Broncos. Well, no, he was a Cowboys coach for a little bit. No, I know he was on the Cowboys. But I don't know if they played, played in the playoffs. playoffs. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm just assuming maybe. not because it's the Cowboys. But still, like, he was the head coach of the Cowboys. Also, Ben DiNucci played for the Cowboys. I don't know if you know. He played oh against the God, Birds. Did he? Yeah, he played Why do I like Eagles. this man so much? I don't know. I have this hours on. It's his name. It's the Danucci. That's why I called him Danucci because we gave Danucci because we gave him Danuggies. Because I'm pretty sure he threw like forty some passes, two picks, no touchdowns. Like I don't know why they were like here. Beautiful. Like like, Danucci, go throw a bunch of passes. Like they threw him to the wolves. But all right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to wrap up our power ranking segment. So we're going to shoot off to our last segment, segment number three. When we come back from this next break, thanks for tuning in to our inaugural podcast. Love you all. All right, and welcome back for our segment three. Um, um, the final segment. Like, I feel like this should have kind of like a name to it. I don't know if we gave anything else names or anything, but like the final drive. Ooh, maybe I like we could that. do something like the two. He minute. just pitched this idea to me off maybe cam- like, off camera. Yeah, I mean, this is all scripted. We've recorded, pre-recorded everything. <laughs> Uh, so I did not have a chance to think about a final segment name. Or... Yeah, that's that's what we're doing. We're coming up with them on the fly. Like maybe we could do. Yeah, but like... you just hit me with one that sounded really good. Like, damn, I don't know if I can compete with that. I mean, 
earlier before I was saying we could do like this is fourth down, like we're behind the sticks. This is uh, this is our fourth behind down. the sticks. This is our this yeah. is our fourth and fifteen. This is our fourth and fifteen. Oh my yes. god, bro. like that's pretty good. The fourth I, and fifteen. I like the fourth and fifteen. Okay, I think I'm, we got a I think we got a front runner. I feel like we got this. Damn All it! Right. I thought I couldn't compete. I just come I up. No, and then and you just 15. come up with a banger like that. All right, bangers. Three, two, one. All right, guys, welcome back. This is our final segment. Fourth and fifteen. Going for that onside kick. When we are leading it off with the odds for the next week, I think it's like a perfect segue here for the end. We're going to talk about next week's odds. Who do we got? Who's winning these matchups? Who we taking with the point spread? We love the spread around here. We like to spread them. We like to hold them. We like to fold them. It's not where I thought it was going. We can keep it in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, first off, we have the St. Louis Battlehawks at the Seattle Sea Dragons. First home game of the seasons for my boys, the Seattle Sea Dragons. The point spread has Seattle with three points. All right, so who you got this game? I know it's your Sea Dragons, and you're probably biased. So what do you? It thinking? is my Sea Dragons, and I'm hundred percent biased. However, by three points, ooh, that's tight. Like I could see it being like a you know a, a twenty to eighteen game, and that that gives me pause. I think it'll be more high scoring than that, but. I just don't know if they'll be able to cover that three-point spread. Looking at the list, there's a lot of three-point spreads in this. Yeah, I was going to say, if you're looking at it, you're not going to have a big spread because, like us, nobody knows anything. I think that's very neat. I think that nobody knows anything. I think the over-unders are like the same for every game. 37 and a half to 38 and a half. That, those are, that's our... They are. Okay, so I'll have to have this conversation with myself every time. But yeah, I, I don't know. I got to take Seattle. They're my boys. I am biased. However... If it's a close game towards the end, I'm scared. I'm scared because it's the St. Louis Battlehawks who just who just put it out there last week on the table for everyone to see, for the world to see, because the world was watching. Um, so that's my take. Who, who you got? So I'm gonna have to argue with you on this one. I am arguing. Gonna, yes, we had to skip and Shannon. Everybody? I am taking the St. Louis Battlehawks. I'm taking them straight up as the winner in this game, so definitely give me those. You're betting points. the money line on it. Uh, money line. Yeah, I'd go you said mo- straight up, but I yeah, mean, I'd go, either, I'd, either way, I would go. Seattle's I would go money three, line so. on the Battlehawks. I've got this going over the total, and really, what this breaks down to me is the most important position in football. It doesn't matter what league you're in. There's a reason that, There's a reason the MVP is always a quarterback. There's a reason the Heisman winner is almost always a quarterback. It comes down quarterback. And what quarterback gutted it out at the end of a game to win it for his team and what quarterback fumbled at the one-yard line. And that's really all the you nookie. have to look at at this game. The nookie. Is the nookie fumbled the ball and cost his team a chance at winning. While AJ McCarron scored a touchdown, that's just it. I got I got Battle Hawks. I'd love to argue harder and more passionately, but like it's the second game of the season, and then we have nothing anything to go is on. possible. We yeah, have nothing is to go on. <laughs> the only thing that I know is that. Oh, that's right. I can't. I can't spoil this yet. Sorry, guys. The only thing I know is absolutely nothing. You fucking wait for it. Next up, we got the DC Defenders. I hope the audience likes when you talk dirty to them. <laughs> the Vegas Vipers. Um, right. I'll let you I, take I was going to say, yeah, you, you let off with yours last time. I'll lead off with mine this time. So for this one, I, I feel like it's going to be close, but I got the Vipers winning. Um, I really have no idea about the points. But DC really needed. They're giving two and a half points to the Vipers, just so you guys know. Vipers are favored by two and a half. Vipers are favored by two and a half. So I could see them winning. Like DC really needed their home field advantage to come alive. And like, honestly, besides that, their pass defense was pretty suspect. Like they let Danucci throw for a lot over him. He just crumbled. And I know Perez did the exact same thing. But maybe with a home crowd cheering him on, he's got the better receiving core. So I just don't know how the defenders could, you know, really do it. Like I, if Perez keeps the pick sixes down, they could win big. But but I got the Vipers covering the spread, 
And oh God, it's so tough to say, but I got the over. Okay. Over well, again. This over is another argument because I think the defenders, for the exact reasons you just listed, basically, Perez is going to have a hard time against this great defense, although they did give up a lot of yards, but they had some uh, interceptions, some fumbles. I think that the, well, def- I mean, here, cor- the D.C. defenders' defense will outplay the lackluster offense of the Vegas Vipers. Although, I mean, they did have 20 points last week. Yeah, I'll give them that, but they I mean, blew it blew it at the end. I think, though, that the same guy had the two touchdowns for Michael Joseph. So I think if you can just... Two first names? Always a crowd pleaser. Always a crowd pleaser. But I think... Since there's tape now on guys, they might know a little bit more about uh, the, the defense and the tendencies, so they might be able to get him to bite on some stuff. So they better I, be watching this. I think that's, I think the Vipers the think the Vipers can do this. I think the receiving core is just too talented to be stopped, and DC's quarterbacks can't keep up with that. If the DC quarterbacks can keep up the run game, like my boy Jalen Hurts, anything is possible. That's all I'll say. About anything is possible. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Next game up here, we got San Antonio Baramas at the Orlando Guardians. Battle of the losers. Battle of the bads, some would say. Yeah. So they're giving three and a half points to the Baramas, and I'm going to have to say the Baramas because the Baramas did look markedly better than the Guardians. Last week, I feel like. I 100% agree with you on this one. Like, the Brahmas could have won. I am surprised there's more of a total points. They're, they're saying 38 points total. Um, maybe they just think the Brahmas are going to run away with it. They are giving them three and a half points, which is the biggest spread here. That's kind of sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's a 38. I just... I mean, I might go under on this game. Of all the I games, would I, I would definitely go the under, under on this game. Both quarterbacks suck for Orlando, and the Brahma's defensive front, like the pressure, they got five sacks. They're going to eat them alive. It's just like, God, San Antonio's offense is pretty bad. Like their quarterback they do. is. Yeah, he's about there. I don't even know who their quarterback is, and that's my team. Brahma's. Damn, man. That no, hurts. It's, like, it's, it's clown or something. Clone? Coin. Coin. I put an L in there. Coin. Jack Coin. There's no I. <laughs> I mean, whatever. He threw for two hundred seven. He threw more than he, I thought. He did two hundred seven. Forty points. This team can't do anything in the red zone because they don't call aggressively. And if you play not to lose, you're not going to win. The passion so it's of a hard, diehard. It's hard Brahma's to pick fan. the Brahmas in this one. But like I said, the Guardians seem like a dumpster fire. <laughs> yes, they have, they have a lot of. So bet the Brahmas and bet the under. It would be nice though to see the Guardians get their first win of the season here. But now I'm taking the Brahmas. I'd rather all have day. the Brahmas get their first. All day. All right, now this is the game I've been dying to talk about. This was the spoiler from earlier I didn't want to tell you guys about. The Arlington Renegades at the Houston Roughnecks. The Battle of the Texas. There are three Texas teams in the XFL, but still Battle of the Texas. Um, I think that this is just going to be a phenomenal game. They're giving three points to the Roughnecks, which is fair. But uh, the Renegades, they looked good last week. So I think that this will be a great game. The uh, total is 38 and a half. So this is the biggest of the uh, total points. But yeah, I, I want to go Renegades, but I think Houston, they look too dominant against the Guardians. So I think I'm going to stick with the Houston until I'm proven wrong. So I'm going to take Houston to cover the spread at three. And I'm probably going to I'm going to go over that total of 38 and a half. These are my bets. I will be betting this week. I didn't bet last week. I'm I'm, I'm a shy I'm a shy guy, guys. First week, I, I have to hold out. I have to know what I'm getting into. Yeah, I got to dip my toes in the water first. I also didn't bet. So I'll keep you updated next week about how the bets go. Yeah, I mean we're gonna keep track of segment all our picks. Segment next week will all... be a will be a pick will be a pick segment. How yeah. do we do? Yeah, we'll talk about what our record is, and we'll let you guys know if you should bet with us or if we're complete morons. So my money it, as a betting man is on the ladder. <laughs> <laughs> agreed because we're pretty we picked pretty similarly so, <laughs> so but, who you got you got houston winning this 100% game 100 i got houston winning this game i see him beating, beating by no more than down. three and the over as well because like you said everything's gonna get covered because they just looked like a well-oiled machine they and threw the ball well they ran the ball well they defended against the run well they defended against the pass well they did everything pretty good they 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 were the most prepared team they have the most experienced head coach, and it's showing by a mile. 
And as much as I said, quarterback's the most important player, I think in this type of league where the talent isn't extraordinary, the head coach is the most important position. And I think Wade Phillips is is the man for the job. Uh, The Roughnecks are my favorites going forward until I see something different. And the teams that I could see stopping them are the ones with the aerial attacks because they can at least put up the points. But if you keep turning the ball over, you don't win. Dak Prescott. (laughs) Damn. Coming at him. I was looking for a passing stat. Oh, of course, it's the first one. Looking for the passing stat on the Roughnecks. Brandon Silvers. We were right earlier in, this, in the show. 26 of 42 for 272. Two touchdowns, two INTs. Lots yeah, of two INTs? Yeah. Damn. I mean, he still threw decently. Like I said, there were a lot of interceptions because I think the chemistry's off. Yeah, it's And true. the quarterbacks probably haven't played in a couple of years. They don't realize how fast a lot of these guys are out there at breaking in on stuff. Drew, I can't wait to see some, like, some, like, well-known college football kids getting into the XFL. Like, maybe, John, maybe Johnny Manziel makes a comeback. I thought XFL. I thought someone said that Steven Montez was some college kid. Or was I wrong oh, yeah? about that? Yeah, Google his name, maybe. Uh, we'll do it off. Yeah, air. we'll do that off air. But, <laughs> but like, I, I, I figure. I guess Tamai's not too old. Yeah. Anyway, but um, yeah, that's a good point. People who go undrafted might just be like, "Yo, I'll go to the XFL if I got." Yeah, what's, to the, the, what's com- the worst thing that could happen? Yeah, if they get invited to the combine, they're probably free to go in. Which is also something to talk about since we're towards the end of the show, talking about future stuff. In the future, is we betting futures now? Roughnecks win it all. Yeah, futures bet. I would say roughnecks win it all. But I was thinking more crazy futures that would be Guardians winning it all. But what's that? Yeah, of how do they uh, do like a free agency for this? Like, what's the uh, the draft like? You know, I don't know. That's that's good. Maybe some uh, maybe some listeners can fill us in. Uh, yeah, if anybody let us has know any hints or anything, how free like agents were. I was wondering, like, what happens if someone gets hurt? Like, who do they pull from? Who do they sign? And I meant at like the end of the season, do you get to keep most of your team? Guys go to the NFL. Do you recycle the team every year? Oh, how long are contracts? Everybody, yeah, exactly. See, these are important questions that we need answers. These are things we might have answers for next week on the pod if people could uh, stay tuned. You send us the answers. So you send us the answer. Send us the answers. We'll give you a juicy little shout out. You got a name? (laughs) You got a tag? You want us to say something borderline inappropriate? We'll do it. I have not said one inappropriate thing on this podcast. I don't think so. I think we've been pretty good. Uh, yeah, for the most part. It depends how much I edit out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so compared to the Roughnecks quarterback here, we got Plitt from the Renegades. And he was 19 to 25, had 172 yards, one interception, no tutties. Um, I think he did carry it in the Yeah, there. five carries for 16 yards. Oh, no. Still no tutties, though. Nope. So... We're going to need to see some touchdowns out of this man if we think the Renegades will have a chance here. He had decent yards, only one interception, and the chemistry is weird. I mean, most people had at least an interception. Yeah, that's why I have A.J. McCarron so praised as he's the only Except quarterback Except for the people who, who threw two passes. Yeah, so, AJ like, literally. The only oh, yeah, and A.J. McCarron. Damn. The only one, and he threw two touchdowns. Yeah. And he had the highest uh, yards per attempt, I'm pretty sure. Damn. So, yeah, that rounds out the... Uh, Next week's odds here. It should be an exciting week of football here lined up for us. I do wonder what is the Thursday night game. Let's look this up here. Well, the Thursday night game is the Sea Dragons and the Battle Hawks. Oh shit, son! We don't have to wait that long. Oh my god! So depending on when we get this, I knew there was a Thursday night game, but we might not. This this pod will probably be out. Listener note, this pod will probably be out Thursday morning is the earliest you can be listening to this podcast. I mean, we're going to do better. We're going to try to get these out more of a... We're going to try to aim for Wednesdays, I think, every week, yeah. We're hoping. This is the first one, like like we said, we're still trying things out, figuring it out. If you've made it this far, like, geez, thanks for listening to our inaugural XFL podcast. (laughs) Congratulations, you have an hour of useless information. Oh, I'm just kidding. Goodness. We love the XFL. Yeah, I know. We do. We do. We are diehards. We love the XFL and we love you guys for listening. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day and we hope we kept you entertained. 
Absolutely. And uh, final note here is that uh, if you guys want to pick fights with us on why you think our takes are bad, come at us. We're going to be making Twitters here in the future for our XFL hot takes. So, uh, you know, just just let us know. We'll, we'll take you on on air. Like if you had a dumb tweet, you want to come at me, I will respond to it right here on this podcast. Um, Accus- bold we accusations. Might, yeah, we might make separate Twitters because I don't have as strong a self-esteem as my co-host over here. But that's hey, it. If you we'll have, have a Twitter for have, the show, yeah, we'll, and then I will read out responses <laughs> from that Twitter. Oh, perfect. I like it. We can go through them, see what people are saying, if yeah. we have some good fans, and always appreciate a shout out if you want to shout us out behind the sticks xfl hell yeah so thanks again for listening to the first podcast maybe i'll stop doing the clapping with my hands more but i feel like you guys can see me and that i'm right here with you thanks for listening to the inaugural podcast of behind the sticks xfl with your boys ian spaghetti sacchetti and joshua housetown housel it's been an honor and a pleasure and i hope to see you guys next thursday because i think that's when these things are gonna come out we'll iron that out we'll get that twitter going we'll see you guys soon take care have a great night or day it's night now for us peace out yo